0: Howdy, welcome to another episode of Canon Calls. This week, I talked to a good friend of mine, Pastor Andrew Isker out of Waseca, Minnesota. If you're on Canon Plus, you can go check out his sermon series there about eschatology in Matthew. And if you haven't subscribed yet to Canon Plus, I want to recommend that you do so. We're doing a lot of awesome things, a lot of content is on the way because folks are supporting Canon Press through Canon Plus. You can find Documentaries that are coming out soon, all of our audiobooks, and soon, very soon, hopefully, ebooks. Without further ado, meet Pastor Andrew Isker. All right, now welcoming on a good friend of mine, Andrew Isker. Pastor Andrew Isker, also the man behind the Boniface option. The Wood Chipper on Twitter. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on, man.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Jake. So
0: I want to have you on for a couple reasons. Number one, I really enjoy your blog, the Wood Chipper Boniface Option on Substack. I also wanted to let people know, anybody that's on the Canon plus streaming service is that we also have uh, a recent sermon series of yours, which we really enjoyed. And so folks can go find it there. Uh, Do you mind just introduce yourself and then maybe what's behind the blog? What's behind your writing?
1: Yeah. So I am uh, a pastor in rural Southern Minnesota in a very small town, actually my hometown where I was born and raised, uh, Wasika, Minnesota. I'm the pastor of uh what is now 4th Street Evangelical Church. Okay. And uh I moved back back home to Asika in um in 20 uh let's see 2018 now. Um and uh took over the church that I that I was uh, raised in when I was a little kid. Um and uh I took that over uh little over a year and a half ago. So right okay. when the sermon series began, that's that's right when I took over. Okay. Um and Uh, It was a, actually a a Wesleyan church and I've moved it, you know, more towards um, a reformed church. What I, you know, I was uh, a pastor in the CREC, uh, same, same denomination as Christ church in in Moscow. And, and uh, so I moved back, back home, I took, was able to take over that church and, and they, they had took me on as pastor and, And I said, well, I'm a little bit different than, you know, what you're used to, but they just, they were hungry for someone, um, to come teach the Bible. And I'm so very thankful for those saints. It was very small. It was right, you know, really right near the end. Um, you know, and the, and the pastor who's since passed away, he asked me to come take over. He was 79. He said, I'd like to retire. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take over. And, uh, And I've, I've, uh, I took over a year and a half ago and it's, it's been such a joy, such a blessing to, to minister to those saints, um, and in, in this town, uh, it's really a a dream come true.
0: So that takeover was a friendly one. That was one that, you know, they're all gladly moving from the Wesleyan. Is that the case? I mean, okay. Or is this a secret mission that's now? Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, it's, it, it was, um. No, it, it was great. You know, we were definitely a much better fit, uh, you know, as an independent, uh, church now, uh, just cool. with, with where I am theologically and everything else. So it's, uh, and everyone, everyone has, is has, has loved it. You know, it's been a, a smooth transition for sure.
0: Okay. So I imagine everyone who has, has started the podcast knows and is familiar with the, like at Boniface option, the wood chipper on Twitter, um, And people may be really surprised. Like you're very, you're a very jovial guy. Like very happy. You had a big smile on the minute the video started. I didn't. That wasn't a surprise to me, but because I know you. So uh, for people that only know that Twitter account, maybe could you just talk about (laughs) it? I mean, what's what is Boniface Option? What is the wood chipper?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, um, you know, I I had my account was under my actual name for a while, but um, I was doing. you know, working full time, and I didn't want people to be able to Google me that I was trying to sell stuff to. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> like, oh, let's find out this guy. Is every is every opinion about everything. Yeah. Uh, so I I moved it to you know anonymous, even though all the people that already followed me knew it was me. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't it was semi anonymous. Uh, but but that accounts. Um, it's you know really it's it's kind of an intersection of a lot of things obviously i'm interested in theology and but also politics culture and 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 things going on um today i mean there's and and you know people t- say all the time well twitter is not real life you know it's not real life but i actually i think it is a pretty good cross section of of things that are happening in the world things that people are thinking you know the discourse or or whatever you you want to <laughs> call it and and it, it really does move the needle. Like, I mean, back in, back in 2016, like you could say that, um, you know, a big reason Donald Trump was elected president was because of, you know, people, you know, tweeting, <laughs> and so yeah. uh, including him. Uh, and so, um, uh, so that there's, that's, it's, it's a place where there's a lot going on. And, um, I've met some, some awesome friends that I am, I'm super tight with, uh, because of, because of people always say, "Oh, the bird site—it's so terrible. It's awful." Uh, but uh, the reality is, they're, they're like brothers—you know, brothers in arms. People, people I absolutely love that I that I've met just through interacting on on that website. Um, and so, yeah, the, the accounts really—I mean, what I what I'm trying—I I am you know, if you ask me, okay, what am I trying to do on the site? Um, I am trying to number one have fun. Because <laughs> you <know, it's>, uh, <laughs> uh, if you can't have fun doing it, uh, if you can't you know make some jokes with your friends, um, you know, really, what well, what's it for? Uh, yeah. Right, and so pri- but, uh, priority uh, no, number I mean, one big, is
0: fun, and that's clear. That's somewhat I mean, clear.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I think people can get that. You know from from the site that I'm that I'm I'm having fun, but but especially like I, I want to be able to have a place um, where people can can have someone. You know, say things out loud that maybe they're thinking, uh, but they aren't really sure if they're allowed to say uh, things that that really are are normal. Um, I mean, one of the you know, one of the things one of my one of my teachers in seminary, uh, you know, Pastor Doug, uh, would always say is, is assume the center. Yeah, right. Assume the center. It's kind of kind of almost kind of his mantra, um, and and that's that's a lot of what I try to do. Is that that you know things have gotten so crazy that. Like the normal, boring stuff that your grandparents believed forty or fifty years ago um is considered outrageous, yeah if you just like verbalize like uh men and women are different, <laughs> you
2: yep. know like, right what uh, right. like
1: like so I mean some of it is like um you know what am I trying to do with the account is just you know show people that it's okay to be normal yeah um that that. Um, it's okay to have normal, you know, opinions that really are normal, but things have got so insane that, um, that you can't express those normal opinions anymore without being afraid.
0: Yeah. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before is one thing that I see you doing is has to do with geography and that's all swept up Mm -hmm. in like you mentioned, starting with 2016. Um, yeah. So one thing that I think has been interesting is like we, we were mentioning uh, 15 years ago or so, there was this big thing with cities. Cities are the move. There was a lot of books that were written uh, about sort of evangelicals rushing towards the city uh, and everything else. And then 15 years later, we're kind of at a weird, it's at a, It's very different. So can you talk to, talk to us a little bit about that? Like where are you at on that discussion or what are particular takes to you about that discussion?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I mean this was I mean, going back to yeah, going back to twenty sixteen, um, you know, a lot of stuff happened that year. Um, and I, I remember, yeah, even twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, I remember very early on uh in the presidential election, a lot of people had a lot of opinions. Um, one of mine very early on was that not only was Donald Trump going to win the Republican nomination, which was no not at all a certain thing at that time. Um, he was also going to win the presidency. And a lot of people I know just like laughed in my face yeah. when I said that it was like that. It's like that famous clip of uh, Ann Coulter on the Bill Maher show, uh, <laughs> where everyone just bursts out laughing when she says Donald Trump's going to be the president. Right. Um, and, like that's, that's what happened. And, and a big reason why I, uh, began to have that opinion was I would like go on Facebook. Um, and I would see all these guys and I grew up in a small town in rural Minnesota was Minnesota population, 10,000. And most of the people I went to high school with that I'm, I was friends with on Facebook um, are just your regular blue collar guys. And so most of these, like, I was always super interested in politics. I was a weird kid. Like I grew up, um, you know, riding with my dad in his truck, listening to Rush Limbaugh. And I was yeah. just way too, inter- way, way too interested yeah. in politics for like a normal kid. Um, so I was an aberration and I knew it, but, these guys who had never cared about politics ever all of a sudden they're like sharing more donald trump memes than than i could even read like they're just going nuts over donald trump and i'm thinking that's interesting and i just and i saw the enthusiasm from people from regular guys yeah. you know, people like that and i knew like that's that's unique that's totally different um, it's not just like political nerds, sh- you know, sharing stuff about totally. you know, political candidates or whatever. It's it's normal, regular people are incredibly enthusiastic about this guy, and that carried on, and it it continued, and you saw the the enthusiasm grow and grow and grow, and it 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 led me to think, okay, um, just about my my hometown, and um, one of the things back like during the Tea Party, I remember, you know, I remember Doug saying. Um, probably on his blog um, that when like when the tea party was going on, like that, that if there was going to be, you know, major revival in America, major reformation, yeah, it was going to be, you know, the people in their little tricorder hats, waving American flags at tea parties and, and then p- neatly picking up all of their trash after the <laughs> rally that failed. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's like these guys, and it's like fast forward to 2016 and then 2020, like it's all these people. um, are, are kind of being awakened to how messed up things are in the United States. And, um, and and I thought about my hometown and the type of guys that were like, just super jacked about Trump. Like they're just pumped up about him. And, and I'm thinking none of these guys are in church at all. Like the last time any of these guys had ever set foot in a church is, you know, when they were confirmed when they were 14. Yeah. Right. So maybe 20 years. Yeah. Um. And but if you if you ask them, right, if you go up to them and ask them, like, "Hey, are you a Christian? Do you believe in Jesus?" They would all say, "Oh yeah, definitely, definitely." Like, you go to church? Yeah. Like, yeah, I do. And like, when's the last time you went? You know, if not twenty years ago when they were confirmed, like maybe at Christmas or an Easter, randomly five years ago, right? right? Uh, They just they don't go. And 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 of course, a big like you know we know, and the people you know listening to this know that a big reason why is like guys like that they they think of their options for church and it's like one um, I can go to a church where I'm singing. Jesus is my girlfriend songs yeah. that are like an octave too high for my voice. Anyway, even if I, even if I do sing and they don't sing um, and then get like a kind of Tony Robbinsy pep talk and then some more Jesus is my girlfriend songs yeah. or I can go to a, a liberal church where I get harangued by a lady pastor for, for, for a while, but it's a pretty liturgy. Or I could go to a Catholic church. You right. know? Like those are the three options. And, and, and so there isn't anything where they're going to get Bible. They're going to get a robust liturgy that men can sing these war psalms and just, you know, and just let's go. Like they don't have that right at all. Yep. And so I, the entire time I'm thinking, you have millions, especially after 2020, you know, seeing January 6, yep. which you know, wasn't this horribly blackfilling thing, even though it was, you know, it's, it's blackfilling for, for some reasons. It's depressing for some reasons, but not the reason that like the media and the think regime wants so. you to think. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's white pilly for other reasons because you see, you know, hundred thousand people show up and they're angry about what happened um in twenty twenty. And so and I see I see that that those those people, like tens of millions of people that voted for Donald Trump in, in twenty twenty. Very few of them were in church. Like the, the the um you know the regime evangelical freakout. Yeah um, you know there was the New York Times story this week with like Tabidi and Willie and Russell Moore and Karen Swallow Pryor yeah. uh and, and Dume uh KK Yeah Dume. Okay, yeah. I don't I've never actually heard it verbally pronounced. Okay, I, I won't I won't mispronounce, mispronounce Maybe it's it, like, Dume. Maybe uh, I, mean, I just said that way
0: um, too confidently. Like maybe it's actually Dumez. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs>
1: I don't know. It might be, I mean, I think there's a possibility. I almost, I almost pronounced it like, you know, Shawshank Redemption, but, but anyway, you know, like they, they had this, they had this article right in the New York times about how they're the saviors of evangelicalism for Christian nationalism. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh And, and I, and I'm like the absolute antithesis of that article and the things that the New York times is afraid of is actually the truth. Like, uh, seeing all of these people, most of them unchurched and um, seeing them, you know, self-described as Christians uh, and being upset about the things happening to their country to me is extremely encouraging. And, and I look at it and I, and I think all of these things together, like my hometown and all the places just like my hometown, you know, rural red America. That's, it's, this, it's the most Christian but unchurched place yeah. in, in the world yeah right it's it's they have the they have almost this like genetic memory of being a, a christian civilization christian society it's it's most it's largely gone like a lot of the people don't understand just basic christian ethics especially sexual ethics it's like why why can't i live with my girlfriend Right? nobody told you know where's that in the the rules uh, like it's you, you have to reteach a lot of stuff it's a lot like um you know when when Guys like St. Boniface went into Germany and they they went in and, and, you know, you convert the Germans who were pagans and they just they have no idea. Right. They have no idea. OK. Oh, you're not supposed to, you know, uh, kill someone in, in blood vengeance. Oh, I didn't. OK, I didn't know that you're supposed to forgive them. OK, that's cool. Um, it's, it's a lot like that. But but there's still a respect and a desire for for Christian things. It's still there somewhere. Yeah. It's, in, it's, in a way that it's not. Yeah,
0: it seems a lot closer to to Flannery's Christ Haunted South kind of thing of yes. of something like marked by baptism, and so it's it's still uh yeah haunted maybe is the best word it's just still around but yeah. it's it, but a little it's, bit different than the Boniface situation where maybe that's a lot yeah. closer to what we were talking about with the Dr- the Driscoll in Seattle where uh, he was yes. like with just like absolute gnarly like you know very different than what i would imagine Mosika is like
1: yeah yeah he i mean he would talk about how there are more dogs in, <laughs> and cats in seattle than children right uh, people right. would yeah you know, like i always love right. that line i mean i'm sure you know the uh the uh the christianity Today podcast where they talk about the rise and <laughs> fall of marsil uh you know like they think that's bad like, pretty right. much everything in that podcast right. that was bad yeah. it was like oh is it this horrible this is the most terrible thing i'm thinking like that's not the bad stuff that he did though. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> there know? are bad it's things, like, but well, that's
0: not one of them. Yeah. There were. Yeah. Yeah,
1: there were. But it's like, well, you're missing all the bad stuff. Right. That's not bad. That he, right. You know? So anyway, um, yeah, very different than that. Like, so and some of it too, like when I write the Boniface option, when I when I write about um this stuff, it's that like my my view is like, and I I talk about this, you know, on the Twitter account, uh, and put it in terms of Dune, which is um yes, the, my favorite the movie. The yeah. movie is awesome, the book is awesome uh and i and i in the whole you know if people haven't you know s- stopped pause the podcast now go read dune go watch the villain away of movie um but the whole plot right is that the atreides are going to arrakis and you have all of these people um called the fremen and if they just link up with the fremen and eh, they could they could conquer the universe right basically um if they could just you know connect with the Fremen that all of this, the, these great war, there's great warrior people um, and use desert power. Like they'll take over Arrakis and then they'll conquer the whole, the whole universe. Um, and that's kind of the situation we're in. Like I, I, that's how I relate it is you have all of these people. You know, the Canadian trucker thing is the same thing, right? There was, I saw a video I shared it on my account of these Canadian truckers. They're, they're doing a blockade on the border um, in addition to the one in Ottawa. And they're, they're meeting at a truck stop or something. And they're, they're, you know, game planning. And the very last thing they do, and it's all guys like this. Maybe none of them have been in church in 20 years. Yeah. Partly because like they can't find a church where there's a pastor that they can respect. Yeah. Right. That's actually a man. Um, And that's going to tell them like what the Bible says with authority, uh, like a man would. Um, And like they, they don't have that. They don't have that. They have a pastor that's going to like, you know, come alongside them and give them a nice little side hug and say, you know, it would be good for human flourishing for you to maybe not do these things if they mention anything at all right but they don't have they don't have a man who's like a warrior right leading them in a liturgy or leading them uh and teaching them the bible uh with authority they don't have any of those things and so what what do you what 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 do you expect them to do? you know so I, i'm very sympathetic uh to these guys and and so anyway like these guys are are at, they're at this truck stop they're praying they start praying the lord's prayer and it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. it's, well, now this is something that like, you know, Russell Moore and uh and to BD Andy Willie and all these regime evangelicals, like they see it like Christian nationalism, oh no. Right, right. Um <laughs> this is the worst, right? But <laughs> but you see it and you think, Wow, yes, I see those people and I think, man, I would love it if they would come to my church yep. and I could teach them the Bible and 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 Strengthen them, build them up. Yep, right. Uh, you know, that, that that's what we need. And so, so the vision is right for me is like in this town, um, you know, very small town. And there's so many towns like it. That if we could have churches um, that are that are forming, you know, communities within these communities, right, where people and families are being discipled in the scriptures, they're they're coming uh, before the presence of God every week receiving the sacrament being built up in the faith, right. And you build these strong, strong communities. Um, and when, when things get worse, which they seem to be getting much, much worse, then now you have, you have mature Christian people in, in these groups. Like imagine if, if those truckers or if the leaders of, you know, in January six or whatever is going to happen next, yep. right. Are mature Christians, right. Right. Like in, like you look at, at Moscow, the situation with the, um, the Psalm Sing, right. Right. Uh, something like that. If you, where you have, you have mature Christians leading going and being arrested. You have, um, you have that, um, if you have, right. Mature Christians leading churches leading, um, rather than taking a back seat or not even being involved at all. Right. Uh, that, that changes everything, right. That changes yeah. everything. So, um, it, so
0: it seems like for you, like when you look at, the demographics and the geography of of where everybody's at you see a major opportunity with small towns or with uh flyover country or things of that yes. nature and so enter in you know not only your twitter account but your blog like the, is that that the angle that you're coming from
1: yeah absolutely like this is this like we I look at it and I think I I I don't want to you know, demean foreign missions at all it's yeah. obviously very very important but we spent, I mean, think of all of the millions, the tens of millions or more. I do not even, even know the exact total that the conservative evangelical denominations spend on foreign missions. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have places like, like my town or you have places like Appalachia that are, are totally unchurched. People are in, in Appalachia, especially dying by tens of thousands a year right. um, of opiate overdoses people that are completely hopeless. Um, and you're like, ah, that's not very sexy to go, you know, preach to, to hillbillies and rednecks. Uh, I want to go to Zambia or whatever, or whatever, like, uh, you know, that I get way better, way more Instagram cred If I go do a, you know, short-term mission there or whatever, whatever, like that's, that's kind of, in a lot of ways, that's the attitude a lot of people have is, um, and it's, you know, I mean, just think of like the parable of the good Samaritan, right. You have, you have, uh, who are the people that, that don't care for the man? It's the priest and the Levite walking by. him. is like, Oh, I got to keep my ritual purity. Uh, but it's the, the out, the Samaritan that takes care of him. Well, that's, yeah. that's what we do to people in our own country, right. That are very low status. And so rural red America is the lowest status. Like you look and see the people that are important, the people that are cool, right. Who do they, who do they demean all the time? It's people in the rural Midwest and people in the South. Right. Right. It's that's that's who they talk about. You're just dumb rednecks. You're too stupid. You don't understand this stuff. They they the the, you know, the elites um hate, you know, my people where I'm where I'm from. And like a big thing I remember like I was I was torn, you know, like many people in twenty sixteen over like supporting Trump. Like, gosh, should I really support this? He's a really bad guy. He says a lot of bad I mean he's funny, but he's he's morally a very bad man. Um, and at the and time, remember, maybe
0: likely um, lying.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah tons of li- like yeah well, i mean, you can't can you trust anything that's that's what like, i mean yeah, yeah where
0: you're coming from you're yeah, like yeah. sure i like what he says but is he just lying
1: yeah is he when he gets in office, was he really going to do any of these Correct. things and, yeah. and, and, and and so one of the things that like pushed me over the edge wasn't anything that trump did at all it was so much of it was like the people that became his enemies you you kind of become you kind of become justified by the enemies that you make yeah. uh or or that or not, maybe not justified but but um You gain the kind of credibility um, by the people that don't like you. Uh, Who are you making angry by the things you're saying? Okay, I think you're legit. And so I remember when Kevin Williamson, who was writing for National Review at the time, wrote an article, um, the white working class needs to die uh, in response to all of these people like where I'm from that were just going bananas over Trump, just enthusiastic in their support of him. And he writes this, Right, and this is where he's from too. But he's a you know, he this is this is what happens is like you get some status in in bug world, and (laughs) then you start hating where you're from. Of many many such cases, and so anyway, like I read this, yeah, and and this is the day, and I'm living in Missouri at the time, and it's the day before the Missouri primary, I was just not going to vote. I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I, I just, I don't think I can, can vote for this guy. I'd been like, I'm never going to vote for, over Trump. Like I read that. And I, you know, I tell my wife, I'm like, we're voting for Trump today. And I had zero, <laughs> you know, I had, I had, I had zero qualms about it at all. And at that point I was just like 100% on board the Trump trend to the point that like, I had I had my ordination examination <laughs> later that year. And like, that was a question. <laughs> oh really? Was, why do you, uh, and it was actually right after the 2016 election. I had my, my ordination examination and uh, I was asked, like, why did you support Trump? Uh, and my, my answer was like, uh, you know, beyond the threat of thermonuclear war from Hillary Clinton bombing Russia. Uh, right. <laughs> like, like, uh, and I, and I explained this, you know, that, uh, well, because uh, he actually, you know, whether he's a good guy or bad guy morally, um, he is the first guy in my lifetime that ever has represented in in actual terms, the interests of my people, right? Rural, you know, red state America, right? Rather than the donor class. And so um, and you can see what happened to him. Like they do this this fake Russia hoax. They have the whole you know twenty twenty uh, election scam. You know all, all the things that happened. We, you know we we know all these things. And so much of it's contrived to just unseat him, to get rid of him, and to punish us for having the gall to vote for someone that might even ineffectually pursue our interests. Um, and so you, you could I mean you could see uh, the the sheer hatred, especially with, the, with so much of the COVID stuff. The sheer hatred of the regime for the the people of the country, yeah, uh, the the regular people that that want to work and have a family and and just you know have a normal, peaceable life. You see the just the abject sheer hatred they have for for these people. You see it in the trucker protests right now, um, and and I, yeah, you know, I fear that it's going to get you know going to get pretty ugly, especially like you know yeah. if the if the economy. Right. Uh, starts to tank you know if the bubble starts to burst um and instead of people being angry about you know um about the real tyranny that has happened because of of, of all the covid stuff in canada and the united states now you have that plus can i you know pay my mortgage can i feed my family right. now because you've destroyed the world economy um like you add those things together and it could be really 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 ugly which makes it even more imperative for churches to minister to people in these places, because this is I, like, I mean, I look at, I look at, I've written about this on, on the Twitter account. I haven't, I haven't written anything on, on the blog yet. um But I, I look at like January 6th and um you know, people are very embarrassed by it and everything else, but I, I don't think most people even, you know, have, it doesn't move the needle off for most people, but, I, I look at it and I think the reason why the regime is so terrified and so angry is that um, that something like that demonstrates how fragile and tenuous their grasp of power really is. Right, and um, and if the you know the freemen right the tens of millions of you know uh, MAGA Americans or red state uh, Americans or whatever you want to call them um, you know had any kind of organization and network and leadership, um, behind them, yep. um, it'd be over. Right. Right. It would be over. Um, and, and so I think I look at it and I think, okay, you could have, it could go two different ways. It could turn into like, if, if, you know, the, if in the next five years, like this maybe sounds insane and paranoid to think, you know, Alex Jonesy to think, to think this way, but in the next five or 10 years, if the regime collapses, and, like, nobody thought the Soviet Union was ever going to fall. Like, everyone after the fact, yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's going to be around forever. And, like, it like, I can't remember which, which um, economist, it was some big Harvard economist, wrote, wrote this economics textbook in, like, 1988 and said that the Soviet Union was never going to fall because their, their economy was so great. Uh, and then it fell, you know, like, the next year. <laughs> 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 and so uh, everybody, th- you know, everybody thinks that, like, oh, the, the American regime is just going to last forever no, it's not. It's not at all. Um, these are not, I mean, for one, they're not very smart people at at the top. Um, and, and two, um, you can't like hate the core of your country. Uh, the people that like make everything go, um, and want to destroy them and then, and then, you know, keep this thing going. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's going to sputter out of control at some point. And like, so the two directions you could go is it could go, you know, 1789 or 1917, it'd be really ugly. Um, yeah, you could have, right. You could have revolution or you could have reformation, right. You could have one or the other. And I mean, I was just reading to my my, my kids last night, um, the story of, of the call of Gideon and, and it was, and it was like, just popped in my head. I'm like, this is incredibly relevant to us today because Israel is occupied, right. By a foreign enemy. Yep. Uh, they're occupied, but it's like, Oh, then they're stealing all their stuff. Every time the harvest would come, they're stealing all their stuff so they would all go hide it. And, um, and it got so bad that Israel, instead of worshiping idols, right, instead, of, instead of worshiping you know, mammon, for instance, like we do, uh, uh, they decided to call on the name of the Lord. And that was the thing, right? Now God responds. Yeah. Israel calls on the name of the Lord. They start worshiping God faithfully, right? Every Lord's day. They're coming and worshiping every Lord's day. and They're calling on the name of the Lord and God responds and gives them a deliverer. And the first thing he has him do is smash up the idols. And the second thing he does is he, you know, drives out their enemy, the Midianites. And so I look at it like, that's, that's what's got to happen for us. Like we, we have to have Gideons, yeah, right? Uh, not the guys that leave the Bibles in the hotel, but like, but uh, <laughs> they're good too. But, uh, the, uh, but, uh, we, we have to have leaders like, like this, right. Leaders that are, that are doing, you know, Boniface type stuff, like St. Boniface. Um, so, um, so on that uh, real quick,
0: one thing uh-huh. I wanted to, I wanted to have you mention. So I'm on, I want to end in a second by you telling us the Boniface option, just in case maybe somebody doesn't know about St. Boniface in Germany. Um, but on this, and maybe as a setup to this, or to that is something you texted me the other day that I thought was really good. And and anybody listening, or maybe they've seen your Twitter account and they're like, wow, he's really anxiety inducing. You know, there's just seems to be a lot of conflict (laughs) with this one. Um, But one thing that I thought you mentioned the other day that I think it'd be important for people to hear you say, or to hear you talk about more is you said this to me after a conversation we were having, this is the thing. They cannot stop people who are truly having fun. (laughs) yes can can you talk a little (laughs) bit about that so i mean you're you're saying like you know reformation uh or or essentially war give me a little bit about like just posture towards it or like the you know i imagine people steer away from conflict because it's so anxiety inducing and they probably know themselves and know the minute i get near conflict i lose control or i i'm clearly about to sin so can you talk a little bit about just what you mentioned to me
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I think back to, um, you know, I got to spend three years in Moscow. So right after really some of the, some of the glory days of, <laughs> of uh, the guys who are a little bit older than us. Um, and some of the, you know, the pranks that would get pulled in yeah, Moscow, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that, uh, that are truly hilarious. Um, and, and I think, and, 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 that's, that's always been, uh, with, you know, Moscow, Idaho, um, the, the, the like beating heart of it, right, is that it isn't just like, oh, we're gonna, you know, like Doug's gonna write polemical stuff on his blog and just, you know, bash people over the head all the time. Like he's doing it with a chuckle and a laugh, yeah, right. and he's having he's having a great time, right? I can every time I read his blog and I think like, uh, as he's tapping away in his office on the keyboard, like he's like, that's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, like that's that's just how it that's just how it how it works, right? Yeah, uh, and because you, you can't uh, the, the joy and the, the being a happy warrior. Yeah. Right. Um and and it's the same thing with like memeing. Right? Um memeing is fun. <laughs> it's funny. It's fun to tell jokes. It's fun to you know share funny memes about uh about the regime, of the bad guys, you know. Um and like that's you, you um it, I I think too, especially people who are shaped by the psalms, shaped by the Psalter uh, uh ironically enough, right? Uh that that um is something where there's there's all sorts of emotions, this broad range of emotions in the Psalms. But one of the things I think if you're, if you're deeply rooted in it is, um, what it, what it draws out of you is that when there is conflict and when there's a time to fight, right. You do with a smile on your face, right. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, I have to make the obligatory Lord of the Rings reference, yeah, um, yeah, right uh, you know, this, right. The singing and slaying of, of Rohan, right. right. Um, when, when they're, when they're out there fighting, like they're, they're singing away, having a great time. Um, like there's a, there's a joy in, in battle, a joy in conflict. Um, and, and it doesn't, you know, and it doesn't have to be acrimonious, right? It can be, uh, it can be a fun thing where you're just, uh, you're out there with the boys having a good time. Um, and that's the, that's really the attitude you have to have. And so like you, like people that are having fun can't be stopped. I look at like 2016, like where if like Twitter really did do anything to, to get Donald Trump elected. I mean, to the, I mean, it did do something because Hillary Clinton gave this like crazy speech talking about basket of deplorables and people right. sharing peppy frog memes. Right. Uh, <laughs> did, that did something. Uh, right. And uh, and like the, the energy and enthusiasm in that, in that moment, right. In, in, in during that election was some of the most fun, like the videos and the memes that were being shared were so much fun. It's so funny. Um and 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 so I look at today um too like the where where comedy is like I don't think I can go to a movie theater or something and watch like a movie that's gonna make me laugh. I can't remember the last time I actually did like go, you know, pay for a ticket and like watch a movie and it made me laugh. Like they, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um and like where is the fun? Where is the comedy? Where are the, the funny comedians? Right? I mean, one of them, Norm MacDonald, just died, yeah. right? And Um, and he's not going to like a guy like that's not going to be replaced. They're not coming back for a long time because the funny guys are all the ones like behind anonymous Twitter accounts, making jokes. And, and, and that can't be stopped. Like people want to go where people are having fun, Right. right? They don't want to go where people are, are dour and gloomy and sad. Like, I mean, look at, you know, look at bug world, you know, what I, what I affectionately call you know, you know, the bug, you know, the bug man bug world. Um, the big cities, you know, the, the libs, right. These people, they don't have any fun. Like you, yeah. and you see it on, on Twitter, like these people are are sad and pathetic. They don't have any fun at all on there. And it's like, they, I don't know why they go on actually. I mean, what kind, I mean, I guess maybe they get some likes and that gives them some, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, not a dopamine, uh, uh, um, dopamine. Dopamine, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, dopamine hit from, from posting a selfie or something. I don't know. Um, or, or repeating some approved line of opinion. Yeah. Um, like, I guess they get a dopamine hit from that, but like, that's why they go online. They don't go on there to have fun. And nobody, nobody, nobody wants to be around that. But, but people who are, are having a good time who are, um, fighting with the smile on their face, people want to be around that. Totally. Um, and, and so like, that's, I mean, if you ask like, what's the spirit of, of my Twitter accounts, um, it's, And it's that like we can, we can have a fun time, a good time. And, um, and, um, own the libs all day long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So last thing, if, uh, you, your Twitter handle is at Boniface option, correct?
1: Yes. Why not? And my, my, my handle on gab as well.
0: So why not, uh, and you, and i hoping to hear more about Boniface if nobody knows but like why not the benedict option why is that not your twitter handle <laughs>
1: well, I mean, maybe that's, maybe I don't know if there is one. Maybe that's roger Rodriguez's all three post about the things that he posts about. <laughs> it's, it's um, crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're
0: allowed to say on these airwaves. Yeah, I don't yeah. think the, uh, this, is a fam, this is
1: a family show. Uh, <laughs> uh, <but laughs> I, every
0: time he does yeah. it, I just post like another britney from 2007 picture. You know, like he's literally <laughs> yes, just that's that's like him. losing JJ. it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so um why not the benedict option well I mean, or so I, what I is the boniface book, option i right? suppose I benedict option. I, yeah so I, I mean i read benedict option back you know in 2016 or 17 when it came out um and I, I more or less liked it you know i mean really i mean what is he describing in in this book is like building a place like moscow idaho really um which was taken had, out in
0: the last edit you know, from what i understand
1: yeah it was he was gonna yeah he was gonna talk about <laughs> moscow and. Um, I didn't. Um, uh, but, um, but like he's, t- so like, these are good things we yeah. want to build Moscow's so I think. Yeah. And, and I look at it like if, if the reformation is going to happen, yeah. we need to have dozens of Moscow. Right. That's what I'm trying to build in what Minnesota is a Moscow, Idaho. Um, but we also, you know, you also need to project strength, um, as well. Like you need to go out of, you know, the cloister, right? So St. Benedict. Right, he he forms the monasteries, and this is a thing that preserves, um, you know, uh, Christian tradition uh, and and um, ancient learning, um, preserves civilization in the in the in the dark ages after the collapse of Rome. Um, but you know, Saint Boniface was a Benedictine monk, and he left the cloister and went to go to a place that not even Rome was capable of conquering and bringing the gospel there and Jesus Christ did conquer this place like i i am i'm german i and i am i'm a christian because my parents were christians and their parents were christians and all the way back right to saint boniface chopping down thor's oak and so it's it's so incredibly what is meaningful that? to me
0: what is that thor's oak
1: yeah so yeah let me yeah i guess i could tell the story if people are not familiar with it but but saint boniface he he uh is sent on this mission to go christianize germany and he goes to the the pagan shrine, you know, the, the Oak of Thor. And, you know, they, they believe you touch this thing, right? If you commit sacrilege against Thor and touch his his sacred Oak, uh, he'll send a bolt of lightning from heaven and kill you. And so he goes and he says, all right, tomorrow I'm going to come here. I'm not just going to touch it, but I'm going to chop it down. And so the word goes out throughout all of the villages nearby and, and hundreds and hundreds of people show up because they think, all right, this, uh, this stupid Christian is going to get fried. Um, I mean, which leads me to think like, these are not, you know, just stupid superstitious people. Um, like, you know, there would, this is maybe something that had happened before. Right, right. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, Boniface, uh, takes his ax. And, and so the, the legend goes anyway, that he took one swing and a, and a mighty wind came out of heaven. And after the ax hit, it knocked the tree over. And all the people there, right, who worship Thor and Odin and the Norse gods, um, all the people there that day um, converted and got baptized. And Boniface took the wood from the Oak of Thor and built the first church in Germany um, out of the wood, (laughs) Uh, which is just glorious. I mean, it's very much a story like Gideon, right? He takes, uh, right, right? he he smashes uh, the idol of Baal and he burns the bull that he did it with uh, on that uh with with that wood um and so it's like this very similar thing right and and so like that's that's the kind of stuff we have to do we have to not just like hide away because i mean one of the reasons i mean one of the critiques of drear's book or Dreyer's book is um like oh that's cool rod you're just going to go hide away and like the this regime that has nuclear weapons and like a trillion dollar military is just going to like let you chill in your, your Ruby Ridge Waco place. Right. Right. Like, uh, cool, man. Like that's going to work out. Um, right. And so like you, you need to be building these place, these things, you know, like these alternative Christian, um, you know, societies, right. Uh, maybe, maybe we want to call them intentional communities. Maybe we don't want to use that word, but whatever they are, we want to build Christian places yeah, and, also from there, um, go attack the enemy, right? There's not, there's not, I'm a non-violent. this is not, not mean violence, uh, <laughs> go attack them with the gospel, right? Go on the offensive, right? Go preach and go smash idols. Um, and that's not going to happen unless, unless there's a boldness and a willingness to go be martyred. I love um, it, dude. Like, like St. Boniface was. Yeah. I love
0: it. Awesome. All Thank right, you. Andrew, I <laughs> We, it's time. I'm getting uh, there's somebody else trying to get in, which is which is cutting us close. And you got to go see your family. Thanks so much, dude. Everybody, go check out Boniface Option at Substack. Go check out his Twitter handle at Boniface Option. And if you're on Canon Plus, you can go find that sermon series. Anything else you want to plug?
1: Um, yeah, uh, I'm also on Gab too. I'm trying to to build up that platform as well uh, because I'm sure. My days on, on uh, Twitter are probably numbered. They're going to yeah. ban me someday. So that's where you're going to want to go when, when, uh, when they ban me. You want to go there right now because I'm, I'm posting content there as well.
0: Sweet. Awesome. Thanks so much, Isker.
1: Thank you.